Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the High Potion Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crothy. And I'm Hall's Burkhart. It's time to start a new format, Steve. We got a Just new episode type cooking. Um, so, you know, we've been doing, we've got, you know, some that we go back to, like where we talk about consoles like we did last week. And, you know, we're getting close to sort of being done with that, right? Mm-hmm. As far as generations that we were around for and, you know, got to interact with. But something I've been wanting to do for a little while now is episodes based on particular game studios. Um, I think there's several that we could do. Um, in fact, I'm I'm ready to sit here one day and just let you tell me all about From. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Don't worry, I will. Um, but to kick it off, we're gonna we're gonna focus on one of my favorite studios, and that's Bioware. So we're gonna be talking about the history. Um, and games developed by Bioware, who, you know, most people will know as the creators of the Mass Effect and Dragon Age franchise, but they also did the original Knights of the Old Republic and a lot of other stuff. So I think it'll be kind of fun. Um, I did some research on it today, found out some interesting little facts. So, um, boy, I was, you know, I was originally going to suggest doing Square or Square Enix. Oof. That's Oof. a bit that's that a might bit be a broad. Two parter, baby. That's yeah. a long one, man. We might have to just do Square Enix role playing games. You know what I mean? Like yeah. their RPG division or something. Because they have they have a lot. Yes, they do. Um, so that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna talk about Bioware. Goof around, you know, you know how we do here. The usual, yeah. The the usual. Um so we actually have a voicemail to kick things off this week from our buddy Florian. So you want to you want to take a yeah. take a listen to this? Let's see here. All right. Mm, here we go. Oh, hiyo, kozamas. Kireni tamotemaska. Hmm? Anyway, in the last 6 years, my daughter, my wife and I moved like four times from one apartment to the next, even from country to country. I'm actually from Austria. And I go to Austria, they call me Schnitzel. And every time we did, we of course went through our priceless possessions to get rid of as much as we could, so that moving wouldn't be as painful as the last time around. 
I even got rid of my old Magic the Gathering books about uh -oh. Urza and Mishra. <clears throat> I mean, I never finished reading them anyway. But there were things I never got rid of, like my old consoles and video games, even though I had not played with them in a long time. A long time. And a bit over a year ago, we moved into our house. And yes, Haas, I'm still trying to keep it clean, if you know what I mean. Right. And I finally said to myself, It is time. So, I got rid of all the old games and consoles that just didn't mean that much to me anymore. Like my Dreamcast, for example, that I had bought as an adult just for my collection, but I never really played with it when I was a kid. It was nice to have it for a while, but now I'd found a better home. I even got rid of all my old PC games. I mean, I could technically still install and play them, but I'd rather use their Steam counterparts. I mean, do I really need the four Star Wars Galaxies install CDs? Yes. You know, I, I don't think I'll play it again. <laughs> it's like the scene from Seinfeld. Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry, I forgot. Oh, uh, you guys might not even know about this. But this always happens when you are on a podcast and you happen to mention Seinfeld. I'll say it again. <laughs> See? Anyway, um, on that show, they had a bit about books. And that got me thinking about physical copies of video games. Here's a clip from that show. <laughs> I left some books in her apartment. <laughs> so? Go get them. No, no, no. no. I, I can't go back there. Jerry, it's so awkward. And, it, you know, it could be dangerous. Sexually, something could happen. I'd be right back where I started from. So forget about the books. Did you read them? Well, yeah. What do you need them for? No, they're books. What is this obsession people have with books? They put them in their houses like they're trophies. What do you need it for after you read it? They're my books. So, finally, here's my question. How do you handle your physical video games? Have you gotten rid of anything over the years? Will you ever get rid of more? And what about the future? Are you trying to buy less physical games? Or do you prefer to own the physical copy? Do your old consoles even work at this point? Do you even know? I plugged in my NES a few years ago to play with a friend, only to find out that uh, everything is in black and white now, because something inside had broken. Makes the console feel even older now. So why keep it? Yes, I know, everyone keeps it for the end of the world, when we don't have the internet anymore, but we somehow still manage to produce electricity for ourselves. Well, speak for yourself, because I will probably burn all my games at that point to warm my cold and radiated body. And after inhaling all the toxins from those cartridges, I will close my eyes and listen to a voice say, Game over! Bro. <laughs> He puts, I mean, incredible man that man puts in some work to those he really does man. yeah thank you so much florian that's yeah. a great question i think he's been playing a little fallout based on how that uh yeah it got a little ended. bleak there and a little dark he's been reading some cormac mccarthy uh-huh um florian on the road yeah right like ever since i was younger i moved a lot and i gotta tell you man i i didn't keep my old stuff ever like, I just, I, I never felt a connection with it. I always wanted the next new thing, and I always didn't want to go back to the old stuff, which now I feel is, I wish I hadn't done that. Right. You know, I wish I still had all that stuff. But at the time, you know, whenever I moved apartment to apartment, I threw out like 75% of the shit I owned just to make moving easier. I didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, listen, like, you're in that apartment for a little while. I've been in this house for a little while. When mm -hmm. I get my house and it's time for me to move. You're going to make, make some choices. Probably some choices will have to be made. Now, granted, you know, over the last year or two, I sort of pared down the Star Wars collection quite a bit. You know, when Star Wars came back, I went, as the kids say, ham on <laughs> getting Star Wars stuff and, and pared that down quite a bit. Now, my video game collection, I don't really see getting rid of because that's easy to move, right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, mm -hmm. um, for the longest time, I was very similar to you and where okay so the next game console's coming out well i'm trading the current one in and exactly most of these games towards the new one right i traded games in so often man dude like i used to man i was wheeling and dealing i was working that gamestop trade-in uh program like it was a fucking stock market yep Yep. If I played a game, you could bet that I would beat it quickly so I could get the max trade-in value yep, on that. To get that next game, baby. Yep, to um, get the next game. <laughs> now, I'll tell you this. I don't buy the amount of physical games that I used to near as much, mm, partially because no. I'm lazy. <laughs> partially because I don't want to have to go up to GameStop at 11 o'clock at night. You fucking awkwardly talk to people while i'm waiting for my copy of fucking final fantasy 16 instead i can preload it and play it right at 11 mm -hmm. that's what i'm gonna do now there are some exceptions to that so like you know i i got the final fantasy collector's edition it came with a physical copy of the game um i'm gonna keep that you know look at that look at that clive look yeah sick i mean fuck. I've got the um, Elden Ring collector's edition. I'm keeping right. that. You know what I mean? Like, I and I'm never going to use the. I bought that digitally, just like you bought Final Fantasies digitally. You know, we've we need to gripe about that at some point. But uh, uh -huh. you know, yeah, the days of me buying actual copies of games are probably over. Just with I the do. way that the software come or mm -hmm. the, the the console developers are are making it to where you can just move all your games forward yeah. from now on with every so console. Easy. So, you, um, you know, you just keep your catalog digitally. It's much so easier. the uh, exception to that are Star Wars video games. I have a lofty goal of one day owning a copy of every single Star Wars game. I'm, I've got a decent collection so far. Mm -hmm. That's one of those things. Like, I know I'm never going to be the guy that can own every single NES game, right? But what I could do is probably own every Star Wars game. That seems mm -hmm. attainable. <laughs> Um, I have a, I have what I feel is an attainable goal. I just need to look into it, and that's just that I want to have the cases for all the From games. Yeah, I don't need like a big freaking collector's edition of it or whatever. But I'd love to have like the case for the Blue Point remake of Demon yeah. Souls. Of Dark yeah, Souls that's 1, easy. That th um, that I can probably pull off. And same thing with Final Fantasy games. I'm gonna always have my physical copy because that's like Star Wars and Final Fantasy are two things that I actually collect besides mm -hmm. just the games in those franchises. Um, I have, so I, as far as older consoles go, like I don't have my Xbox one X anymore mm -hmm. because there was mm -hmm. no need. I don't have my PlayStation. Well, I still have my PlayStation four, but I don't use it. Um, now, uh, I do have a PlayStation two. I know for a fact it works because it wasn't that long ago that I plugged it up and was playing some Xenogears and Revenge of the Sith, the video game, which ain't half bad, by the way. It's kind of like the uh, Two Towers and uh, Return of the King games. They kind of definitely took some influence from those. Cool. Um, but otherwise, um, I think, I, you know, I honestly think my Dreamcast might still be at my parents' house. 
But other than that, I don't know about anything else. Anything else was probably traded in or lost or stolen or whatever the hell. Mm -hmm. um, but I do still have, like, I have a decent PlayStation 1 collection. It's all JRPGs. I'll never get rid of those. Like, even if I, like, if I'm going to play Final Fantasy VII, the original PlayStation version, I'm going to play it on Steam or on PlayStation or Xbox or Switch because I own it on all of them. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I'm not going to use those physical discs, but boy, it makes me happy to have that up on the shelf. Yeah. The one exception I find, and I don't know why, are PlayStation or, or Nintendo Switch games. I still buy those physically. Hmm. And I think it might be because I think the cases are neat and the little, you know, the little fucking doodad, the cards are cool. I, I remember when uh, Cindy got her Switch and she got Slay the Spire for it. That was the first game she got. And I was like, you know, you can just buy this digitally. She said, I want to get it. I want to get the game. And she was literally just got a case with that little thing in it, nothing else. And she was like, that's it? I was like, yeah, that's, that's all you're going to get. They don't have, like, books and stuff anymore for these games like they used to. <laughs> Every now and then they will, but not often. CD not Projekt often. Red is good about it. They're mm -hmm. always going to put some doodads in the case for you. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with, by the way, uh, the Yakuza games. Every one of those I've bought physical comes with, like, some stickers and some cool shit. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That that those days of PC games, man. Back in the day, when you get a fresh new PC game and unwrap it, and there's a cloth map and a coin and a fucking decoder ring and a fucking a manual the size of War and Peace in there. <laughs> whoa, whoa, those are the good days. Yeah, right. Yeah, those I miss are those the good days. days. And you know, um, every now and then I'll look at old PC games on eBay just to look. I don't think there's. You know, besides the Star Wars ones, there's not anything I'm really interested in. But like a like one I had when I was a kid, Ultima Five, that had all those cool feelies. That's what they called them in it. Mm -hmm. That's an expensive game to get with all that shit in it. Yeah, with all that shit. Oh, and you know another thing, I would like to own one day um, a complete set of King's Quest and Space Quest. Nice. Yeah, that brings me back to thinking about reading a manual in the car. Like with Yo, my parents my driving God. home at night and trying to read it, even though it's dark. By, and, by know, the street lights. The street read lights three coming words by like quick. every couple of seconds. Yeah. Trying to read a couple of words. So you know it by the way. By the time you got home, just couldn't wait. Dude, getting a, a sick new game on the weekend, playing it for the weekend and that Monday, you got to go back to school. What's going to school with you? That manual. <laughs> yep. Do you know how many fucking classes I didn't pay attention because I was rereading? The manual for Final Fantasy VII. Ooh, what's Tifa's blood type? Because <laughs> they always put that shit in there for some reason. Oh, sure, man. Yeah, I remember back when I was in uh, junior high and Final Fantasy VI came out. Uh, three at the, whenever, at the time. Yeah. And, I mean, that manual went to school with me for probably like a week straight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> thing was That thing was well-worn. looked so, like a tome you would find in like a ancient library by the time I was done with it. Yeah, so... You brought up something that I think, like, one of these studios just needs to hire us, give us a couple, of, a little bit of cheddar cheese, you know? We could quit our regular jobs, because we got a great idea for you guys. So you want to sell these cool special editions? Awesome. I fucking love them. Can't get all the ones I like, but every now and then, I'm going to take the dive, like the Final yeah. Fantasy 16 had to. Boy, Delta I'm glad Ring that game to. is good, by the way. Do mm -hmm. you know how fucking bum I'd be if I spent that money on that collector's <laughs> edition with that big fucking statue and the pin collection and the cloth map and shit? And I was like, this game ain't very good. This game's mid. Yeah, like that character. 
<laughs> um, but, and listen, this is first world problems galore. The problem is that game is not going to get to me on release date, the special edition. So what you guys should start doing, because I the last two collector's editions I've gotten for games, one was Final Fantasy 16. I ended up having a double dip, having quote unquote, didn't have to, but I had a stream planned and stuff. I wanted to play it on release, not two days after release when my game actually came in. Um, so I had to double dip. I got the digital copy and then I got the collector's edition when it came with a physical copy. Mm -hmm. Same thing I did with <laughs> Elden, Elden Ring. Ring. Now, the before that, the last one I got was in 2021, and it was the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Collector's Edition, that came with the sick N7 helmet and the prints and stuff. And they just straight up said, this a copy of the game is not included. Fine. Thank you. That's all I need to know. That uh, absolves me of any guilt of being like, well, I'm buying it digitally then. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's fine with me. I At this point, I don't give a fuck. I know some people will be like, what? You're paying this much for a collector's edition that doesn't come with a copy of the game? Mm -hmm. Just get it digitally, bro. You get the yeah. cool shit and the game. Yeah. You're going to have the game anyway. If you're going to put the game in the package, do me a solid. And send me an email that says, hey, man, we're not going to be able to get to you, this to you on the day it comes out. Here's a code for the game. Exactly. I don't see how, even if you had another copy, you're not going to sell the one that came with it, mm -hmm. right? At worst, you're going to sell that, that email copy. Yeah, which, at worst. You know. And you know what I did? I packed up that physical disc of Final Fantasy 16, and I sent it right to my buddy Aaron Boyd. I said, what do I need this for? I got two different steel book cases and the regular case for the game. That's mm -hmm. too much. <laughs> Who am I, Michael Pappas? No. But I like that they give it all all that stuff to you yeah. at the same time. Yeah, me Better too much than not enough, you know? Right, right. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty firmly in the digital only. I couldn't tell you the last time I bought a, a physical PC game. Do they even make physical PC games anymore? My fucking PC doesn't have a CD-ROM drive. It's a great question. I mean, I, I'm trying to think the last time I was actually at a GameStop, which doesn't happen ever. No. <laughs> Man, the last time I went in there, they were having a two-for-one deal on tumbleweeds. That's how often <laughs> people are going in that motherfucker. I walked in, and dude behind me, like, I opened Can up I the door. Can I help you, please? No, he just, I, I'm not joking, Steve. I pushed the door open, it goes, ding, ding, and he looked up and goes, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. A customer. <laughs> yeah, good times. Yeah. Those places are not going to be around too much longer. You know, there was a time when I was like, oh, shit, GameStop's not doing good. Because, you know, I've got one real close to my house. I was like, what am I going to do when that closes? They done No sweat here. Not uh, not me. Not us. Not worried yeah. about it anymore. You know, at, at first I was worried a lot about the trade-in market for games because that was how I was buying so many games at the time. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, like, they go on sale digitally so so often. Dude. That you can just wait, be a little bit, be a little patient, and you'll get a good price. You can wait a while if you want to get a really good price, or you can wait a little while and get a little bit. It just kind of depends, you know. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, and they it, it seems like the deals on those digital games gets better and better. Like I remember, you know, when because I think my first digital console game I probably bought was on the 360. Mm -hmm. I think I bought the Witcher two digitally. <laughs> 
Um, and remember being like, damn, I wish games on this went on sale like they do on Steam and shit, because they didn't. And then um, on the Xbox One... I have started... a question for you about that. Okay. Xbox One. Like, I got the Titanfall Xbox One. You remember that? Oh, I do. Didn't that come with a code and not a disc? I think so. Okay, that's what I, my memory is telling me, is that, that, that we got the code for that, not the disc. Which still... Sick ass launch title for the Xbox mm -hmm. One. I still love that first game. We had a lot of fun with it. Oh my God, did we? I remember you sending me a selfie with your Xbox One from Best Buy because it was like, well, you had I sent think, me one when you got yours. It was like five months after the Xbox mm -hmm. One launch that Titanfall came out, and I was just alone in Xbox One world, being like, hey guys, you want to hang out and not play anything together? I don't know, man. It's lonely <laughs> over here. I was so excited when you got yours in Titanfall. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but um they are starting to catch up now the steam summer sale is going on right now and that shit's bananas the, the sales is. that's going on there but yeah the the console uh discounts and sales they do on digital games are pretty hefty you just got to wait for them you know if there's something you want to play immediately get it immediately if there's something you're vaguely interested in wait yeah wait aren't aren't all from games on sale in the summer sale or was that something else <clears throat> no i believe most if not all um they don't go on sale very often they so. don't because i've had them all on my wish list because i want to try them on the steam deck mm -hmm. um and i ended up getting dark souls in the summer sale the first one yeah awesome yeah all right buddy all-time greats <sighs> good one good one from what i hear this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Speaking um, of uh, some all-time greats. You want to talk about some Bioware? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so Bioware... The they rise are... and fall. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Let's hope and, and then the rise. And then again. the rise. The the rise from the ashes. I yeah, hope so. We're hoping for it. Yep. So Bioware is a Canadian video game developer that was started in 1995. Please, Same year I graduated high school. Please, founders of Bioware, forgive me for what I'm about to do. By Ray... Muzika and Greg oh. Zeschuk. I always said Musica. Musica? Okay. Yeah, that's Ray what Musica. I... I remember those names. Okay. Yep. Um, who had recently graduated from medical school. They were doctors. And they used their fucking sick doctor's checks to start a damn video game development company. Um, so their first game 
that was released in 1995. I've never he heard of nor played it. It was a game called Shattered Steel. It was a mech simulation action game, kind of a play on like, you know, the Earth Siege and Mech Warrior games that were pretty popular at the time. And then really, the first time I became aware of BioWare was their second game. Now, I didn't even realize, you know, it, it was a while before I associated the studio's name with the games they made. But the first game of theirs that I became aware of and obsessed with was Baldur's Gate when it mm -hmm. released in 1998. Um, Baldur's Gate is a isometric tactical role-playing game set in the Forgotten Realms area of Dungeons and Dragons. Baldur's Gate is one of the best Dungeons and Dragons games ever created. Ever it's great. Created. It's really great. The, apparently the new one is 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 great as well. I can't wait for that, buddy. Mm -hmm. We're going to play that together. <sighs> that's 100 hours and that's okay. that's that's if you go fast. Yeah. <laughs> and we and we're fucking going slow ride. Wait, no one's going to take it. Take a it easy. Baldur's Gate 3 episode coming to High Potion in 2025. <laughs> um, so, you know, Baldur's Gate was, you know, this is at the time when I was probably really ramping up getting into PC gaming. And it kind of went hand in hand with me discovering Japanese role-playing games on console, right? So, you know, around the time I'm playing Final Fantasy on Super Nintendo, and then PlayStation. I'm looking for similar experiences on the PC, and there wasn't a Not lot of to be had, right? There were ports of Final Fantasy VII and VIII, but I wasn't going to be playing those. I had them already. I, there, I was not a double dipper back then. You had to make strategic game choices. I just feel like the PC, you were looking for different things than jrpgs there you're looking for first person shooters and you're looking for rts's those were to me mm -hmm. at least at it then in that era of pc mm -hmm. gaming those and then were the it became mmos mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. <laughs> um and you know i don't know that it is an overstatement to say that Bi uh, bioware and baldur's gate we're partially responsible for sort of reinvigorating the Western PC R RPG. Right? right. Now, don't get me wrong. The PC has, of course, a rich history of oh RPGs. Yeah. You know, the might and magic stuff back in the day, yep, yep. Ultima, all that stuff. I mean, rich history, but I'm talking about specifically like the JRPG type of experience. I can't really recall much of not back of then on the PC then. Yeah. Not back then, unless you were like me and you were using Snesticle. To emulate a fan-translated version of Final Fantasy V! <laughs> I don't know why I got loud on that one. Um, Felt like yelling. So, uh, Baldur's Gate, that game took them like three... They started development of it in 1995 before it was least released in three years later, in 1998. And they created their own engine. And it's, it's crazy to think about it nowadays because now, like... The video game business is all about, for in a lot of ways, studios leveraging existing yeah. images or uh, uh, engines, engines that they mm -hmm. license from other. It saves them so much money. It does, man. And listen, and, and I think BioWare is a good example of this, where you're going to see, like, after a certain point, 
trying to shoehorn your games into an existing engine that your parent company owns is not a great idea. Mm -hmm. And we've seen some of that, you know, play out, not just in Bioware, you know, like Final Fantasy, they spent a lot of money developing the engine they made Final Fantasy 13 in. And now they use Unreal and it's great. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Feels like Final Fantasy. <clears throat> but the engine that they created was called the Infinity Engine. And it was, like I said, sort of an isometric engine where every screen is built around little tiles. You can't necessarily see the individual tiles, but that's how everything is built out. And the game was such a success, and uh, people were such fans of the engine, that then they started licensing that engine out to other developers like Black Isle Studios, who made... Planescape Torment and the Icewind Dale games, right? Planescape is pretty well re regarded uh, as an RPG. Listen, I love Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. I think the best PC RPG that used the Infinity Engine was Planescape. And mm, I loved Icewind Dale's too. Me too, but that Planescape game was so weird. different and weird. Yeah, yeah it, it stuck out to me more than the other ones. And I loved the other I loved that D&D sword and shield stuff you know but the planescape stuff was really yeah. out there and planescape also set in D, D. it's just mm -hmm. you know it's a very rich universe but you know, there's been some bad D, D games throughout the course of history and this was one of the times where it seemed to be coming back into the mm -hmm. forefront and be like a a really good game and their success with Baldur's gate would influence games down the road yeah, like drag, the road. dragon age exactly yeah. Um, so they list they released Baldur's Gate. Do you did you own Baldur's Gate back in oh, the day? Oh yeah, sure did. Yeah, both one and two. Bro, that booklet with all them CDs in it. <sighs> I remember thinking Phantasmagoria had a lot of CDs, and I got Baldur's <laughs> Gate. Wasn't the manual for that game like ring bound? It was. <laughs> I'd be I'd be putting that in my school locker, being I'm like, oh, got to get my physics book and my Baldur's Gate manual. Studying that shit harder than I ever uh -huh. studied geometry. And like, um, you know, I remember it being one of the first times that I play in a game that like quests could have different outcomes. Mm -hmm. Like there wasn't just a beginning, middle, and end to a quest. Like you mm -hmm. could. You know, and also people remember, could die. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, people, your your squad mates mm -hmm. could die. You, there was a lot of different squad mates you could get. So you could totally miss different squad mates and stuff. Mm -hmm. Long game, buddy. Long. The second one was like close to 100 hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think in retrospect, yep. which for that time is like an insane amount of game. Mm -hmm. um, and then years, years, years later, they also put out a, a expansion called Tales of the Sword Coast. A year later um there was an enhanced edition release so right now if you're listening to this and you've never played Baldur's gate you can get it on anything pc switch ipad xbox playstation and it's, it's the new enhanced overhauled version right um speaking of games that go on sale all the time mm -hmm. does do now does that have anything to do with Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance games for the consoles, or were those like those completely are spin -offs, like spinoffs? Those weren't developed by Bioware. Right, right, right. Okay, that's now, that was my question. Yeah. Like as an aside, both those games pretty solid little bad. console yeah, little Diablo clones, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Like I remember enjoying those. Those were rentals. You could rent those games, play through them in the weekend with your roommate or your buddy, take it back, and you played all of the Dark Alliance games. But right. solid. 
Now, here's another question. Baldur's Gate 3, This that's not Bioware, right? It is not. It's Larian. Correct. But so, now, I know that Larian is very well thought of. Like, those Divinity Original Sin games are super, super well-regarded. Yes. The Divinity uh, games, in a lot of ways, are spiritual successors to, to 100%. Baldur's yep. Gate. Same yep, thing yep. with Pillars of Eternity. You know, it, it's weird, like... Baldur's Gate and its associated games like Icewind Dale, Planescape, Baldur's Gate 2, so on and so forth, were huge for this little chunk of time, right? Mm -hmm. Always going into, you know, whatever big box store you'd go into or game store you'd go into, you would see, because they started doing the collections where you get yep. Baldur's Gate and Planescape and Icewind Dale all in a big collection. Um, and then that style of game kind of disappeared for a while. Until that first Divinity, Div Divinity Original Sin game, which came out and sort of seemed like it reignited interest in that style of game again in a big way. Right. Um, yeah, I expect the new game to get great reviews. Yeah. Like if if D and D is your thing, this is definitely one you're going to want to check out. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, so their next game came out in 2000, two years later. And this is a little bit of a weird one because it's a sequel to a game that they did not develop the original. Um, and that is MDK2. Oh, MDK. MDK, Murder, Death, Kill yep. 2. Came I'm out slightly on familiar with those. I remember seeing the boxes in Blockbuster and shit when I'd go rent a game. Never played one. Yeah, it was weird. It had like, it, it almost played like an Earthworm Jim. Yep. It was like or a third-person like action game, run-and-gun mm -hmm. game almost, from what yeah. I remember. Different perspective-y kind of, like, um, the levels were kind of different, where you would be doing pretty radically different kind of mechanics uh, from level to level. Mm -hmm. Pretty neat game, but at the same time, not one that I played, like, all the way through or yeah. anything like that. No, uh, you know, when I was doing my research, I looked into it, and, you know, it was generally well-reviewed. Um I think that's another game that you can go and get like a, an enhanced edition on Steam mm -hmm. right now. Maybe I'll check it out one day. Um, I think might be better off just checking out a, a Let's Play on that one. Probably. <laughs> um, so then, their next game also in 2000, but towards the end of the year, Baldur's Gate 2 Shadows of Am. Oh, what a great game. What a that's great game. Yeah, man. It is incredible. To, yeah, a, a much better than the first one. And the first one's great. Yeah, But no the doubt. second one, it, it felt like, oh, man, this is a part two. It felt like a, mm -hmm. a good leap forward. Refined. Because I remember the original Baldur's Gate, I bounced off of it my first few sessions with it, where I was like, this tough. is slow and hard. Mm -hmm. Slow, tough. But uh, two, I remember just feeling smoother, more fun, like the story was really good. Yeah. I love the violence too, man. Like Ooh. you blow shit up with the spells. Yeah, <laughs> like it was really, really nasty in parts, in terms um, of the violence. I can't remember if it's the first game or the second game where there's this guy that's like, "Hey, man, I lo I left a, a very important ring in my basement back home. Can you go pick it for pick it up for me?" And I was Almost like, "Positive, this is the second game." Okay, and I was like, <laughs> "Fuck yeah, bro, I got you." So me and my homies go out. We find the home, and I'm like, "Oh, it's." I was expecting, like, you know, some enemies to be in there. Nah. Go down into the basement, and it's filled with giant spiders. <laughs> and I said, nope. Fuck your ring. You ain't getting it back, bruh. I'm out of here. Mm. Um, uh, well, always got to be spiders in these games. Always, man. Why? <laughs> Why? 
Um, next game. This was a game I was obsessed with. Neverwinter Nights in 2002. Mm. This was this marks uh, right around the time my PC stopped being good because I couldn't run Neverwinter Nights. I, I would get another PC later, years down the line, mm-hmm. for w- World of Warcraft and stuff like that, Half-Life 2. Mm-hmm. But Neverwinter Nights was definitely a line of demarcation where I was like, ah, I can't run this very well. <laughs> I could basically run it. Like, it mm-hmm. definitely hitched sometimes. Um, now, this was the next time they changed engines. They changed from the Infinity engine to what they called the Aurora engine, which let them do like full 3D environments and shit like that. Lighting, shadows, things Question, like that. was the Neverwinter Nights, was that the one where they were kind of more relying on the community? Well, so it featured a fully featured campaign. Full There's, campaign, right. Yeah, but it just, was meant to be like easily, yes. I believe, right. This so is the one. there was a whole develop. It shipped with a whole development kit mm-hmm, where you mm-hmm. could essentially create your own adventure models or modules or your own D&D campaigns in Neverwinter Nights. And I had these lofty ambitions, bro. <laughs> right, bro. And I, buddy, I slaved on it like I was a, a independent video game developer, bro. Look, man, I remember being mad interested in that yeah. too, and I was just being like, I can't run it good. I was like writing down ideas that oh, I was gonna do in the dude. in the freaking. And, and I never and got a chance. I would spend hours making my modules and my campaigns, and you know what my roadblock was. Nobody was interested in playing. Oh man, I would love to have played your shit. Single person was interested. <laughs> Only seven years later, we would meet or so six. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I would have played your Neverwinter Nights mods. Man, I was <laughs> ooh, I was ready, bro. I try, and it was. You want to talk about a manual? Because there were two. There was a manual for just the game, and then a separate manual for the like. Oh yeah, tools. which was thicker than that. Uh, yep. That was the thicker manual. Yep, yep. You're reading the Dance of Dragons up in this bitch. <laughs> oh man, good shit. I mean, like, I love that. Like, given mm-hmm. the power to the community, like recognizing that sort of thing, how big it was going to be back then is mm-hmm. is good. And they, um, they estimated by six months after that game's release that over a thousand campaigns and adventure modules had been created and played by the community with that game um now might not sound like a whole lot but you got to remember this is before the big daddy internet we got now right Mm -hmm. yeah way before even at this point steam is still baby steam steam is not the monolith that it is now was Steam even a thing? No. What year was this? No, it wasn't. I was gonna it, was, say, it, was, like, it was still another couple years before Half-Life 2. Yeah. 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 Um, so they make Neverwinter Nights 2. It's awesome. What a great game. Never now, sniffed that one. at this point, it gets a little weird in Bioware development history, right? Because until this point, you know, they made Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, Neverwinter Nights. After this, for a period there, they don't touch the sequels to their games. They didn't make Neverwinter Nights 2. They didn't make uh, the sequel to the next game they released, which is a little game called Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Ooh. Which came out in 2003. Um, now, this was... this. <sighs> PC and console, right? X- yes. Xbox, PC and Xbox. So what they did is they 
made another engine um, called the Odyssey engine. It was basically sort of an update to that Aurora engine. But what that engine allowed them to do was then start developing for consoles and PC side by side. So this is where you start seeing them release their games on console. Right. And I remember being excited for this. Like, even though at the time I was... I, I like I like Star Wars. I like the original stuff. I wasn't a big fan of the prequels yet, but at the time, uh, I was excited to play this game simply because it was a Bioware game. Yeah, and I hadn't dude. played one of their games since since back in the day. I was like, I can't. I'm just going to check it out because of Bioware. That, I mean, you want to talk about it, you? They might have might have well said as said. Uh, they could have said, "Shit, I'm so excited to get this thought out my head that I'm stumbling, humming, <laughs> humming, humming all over myself." <laughs> They should have said, if they had said, the only way, oh my God, I can't get it out. <laughs> the only way I would have been more excited is if they were like, listen, guys, you do you want a Star Wars RPG? Yes, I do. What about a Star Wars JRPG? Because Square Enix is making a Star Wars JRPG, bro. I would have exploded with excitement. And I damn near did when it was announced Bioware was making Knights of the Old Republic. I can only imagine how excited that got you. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> and I don't know why, because I had played Neverwinter Nights, but in my head, I was imagining it to look kind of like Baldur's Gate. From that isometric view, I didn't realize, you know, before we saw actual footage of the game, that it was going to mm -hmm. be, like, fully 3D. And, dude, I just used to pour over the Force.net, which used to be, like, one of the only sources <laughs> for Star yeah. Wars news I would go to. And just look for updates on this game every day. Every day. Because, you know, it got announced a couple of years before it actually came out. We would see all them screenshots in the magazines, Ooh. you know. Ooh, and I remember the first EGM. trailer. The first game pro. trailer, bro. Yeah, yep. Reading about your ship, bro. Your friends, bro. Oh, my God. Dude. Um. I skipped two weeks of school when this game came out, Ooh. of college. Didn't, I just, did IGN give this game a 10? They might have. I feel like they did. They I, might I, have. I, remember, I put a lot of faith in their reviews back in these days. I mean, it was the early internet, and they mm -hmm. were like, at the time, seemed like one of the more reputable ones. But I feel like they gave it like either a 9.5 or a 10, something like that. 9.5. Okay. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, man. Uh, on Metacritic, it's got a 94 out of 100. Fuck yeah. I Can't mean, do really too much better than that. Now, listen, I love the Baldur's Gate. There. I love Baldur's Gate. I love Nightmare or, or, or Neverwinter Nights. The release of Knights of the Old Republic officially made me like a Bioware stan. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Boy, was I excited. Loved the game. You know, and it's weird. Like, they were working on some other games at the time so instead of developing the sequel they passed it on to a obsidian right which came out do you, a year later 2004 can you imagine steve a year <laughs> later getting a sequel to the an rpg of that magnitude pretty well wait fucking decades in between <laughs> shit now i might not see the next final fantasy this might be my final fantasy <laughs> um so yeah it's just weird to me that like after this um for for a little while there they don't develop the sequels to their games 
Um, so Knights of the Old Republic, 2003, what a game. You know, I'm, I won't spoil it for people that don't know, but it's a very common thing in Star Wars storytelling to try and replicate that holy shit moment from the end of Empire, the big reveal that Vader is Luke's dad. Um, Knights of the Old Republic, to me, one of the only things that has done it well mm -hmm. with the big reveal in that game. Like, I remember getting to that part in the game and being like, fuck me, that's cool. They got me. They got me, bro. It's a little better than The Force Unleashed, too. Or The Force Unleashed. Yeah, way better. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, their next game, uh, a game that I wouldn't play for years because I didn't have an original Xbox. And at this point, we're getting into the area where your buddy Halls as PC can't run games anymore. That's Jade Empire. Mm. A very cool game. Yeah. The game I never played, and I wish that which God I had it just seems like right up my alley. I'm it, not sure why, why I didn't play it at the time, dude, probably cause you're playing world of Warcraft. That's probably time. why. Yeah. Uh, Jade empire is another RPG developed in the same engine that they used to make Knights of the old Republic, but it's a, their first original IP RPG. All their mm -hmm. RPGs before this were either D and D, &D or star right. Wars licensed. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and it's, you know, it takes inspiration from like Chinese mythology and martial arts and there's different martial arts forms and it's cool. It's really cool. I played it on the 360. Like mm -hmm. once I got the 360 and found out that it was backwards compatible, I played it and it's a great game. And yeah, for, it's available. I can play it now, right? Like, it's, Oh, yeah. It's on, yeah. Probably mm -hmm. buy it for a fucking 50 cents. A song. Um, yeah, a song. A short one. And a tool <laughs> interlude. Um <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. That's my fucking <laughs> wow, wow, wow. That's a tool interlude. Right. Um for years there were, you know, you would go on IGN and they'd be like, Will there ever be a Jade Empire sequel? And they'd ask those Bioware dudes and they'd be like, Oh man, that shit didn't sell very well, but we really liked it. Maybe. Doesn't seem like that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. it's a shame because it wasn't long after this that Bioware started to find some great uh, success with original IPs, right? Because in November of 2007... Oh, Lord. A little released, game. They released Mass Effect, baby. Now, this is where I go from being a Bioware stan to, like, Bioware is one of my favorite developers of all time. Is it's Mass like when Effect. they hit the hyperspace... Like it, the the little yep. like you're just going as fast as you can. Is these yep. are my guys now from now until forever. Uh, developed on, on, in Unreal Engine, uh, originally published by Microsoft Game Studio. It was a it was an Xbox exclusive for a second there. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I don't think you could play the original Mass Effect on PlayStation until they released the trilogy collection years later. Um, there was a, you know, it followed the next year. There was like a Windows release and stuff. Mass Effect and Gear, Mass Effect, Gears of War 1 and Halo 3 are the three games that made me buy a 360 finally. That finally got me to get an Xbox. It's pretty good purchases. I'm hanging out with Will, right? We're playing Gears of War co-op. I'm like, oh, this shit is cool. Then the Halo 3 beta drops. I start playing a little bit of this. I'm pretty good at Halo. Um, and I was like, I really, I might be thinking about getting a 360. 
And then I was doing my consumer research that I like to do before I make a purchase like that and was looking at games that were upcoming. And, buddy, this was probably August before Mass Effect released. So, like, three three months before it released. That's the first time I heard about Mass Effect. And I was reading about it on IGN, and they were talking about how you know, they took the inspiration from Knights of the Old Republic, but wanted to do their own thing in their own story. But it was, you know, influenced by Star Wars and Star Trek and Alien and all these different sci-fi properties. And you could go to all these planets and roll around in a little buggy. And I was sold. This is before I found out you can fucking slap blue cheeks, baby. <laughs> For months, the only games I owned on my 360 were Halo 3 and Mass Effect, and that's all I needed. Yeah, you didn't have Gears, huh? No, I'd already Will beat had it. it. I would, I would, uh, I would borrow it from Will. And I guess Gears, Gears wasn't really worth having for multiplayer until the second one, huh? I remember playing some multiplayer with Will, but at the time, like halo three gave me the multiplayer experience i much better yeah i wasn't like i am now where i'm jumping around on all these different games i was like i just need two these are my yeah i know isn't it weird how like that was how it was back in the day not as many options yeah um the next game they released um i never played sounds interesting it's a sonic the hedgehog rpg called sonic chronicles the dark brotherhood (laughs) i don't know shit about that me neither um, then in 2009, they release the other p- pillar of Bioware love for me because there's three Knights of the Old Republic, Mass Effect, Dragon Age. Dragon Age Origins releases in November of 2009. Now, I'm living in Birmingham at this point, and I vividly remember talking your ear off about Dragon Age leading up to it. <laughs> and they were like it's a spiritual successor to bioware but we don't have to worry about it being you know tied down to the d uh or not bioware uh baldur's gate we don't have to worry about it being tied down by the D &D license and shit and what a cool game dragon age origins is um you know bumps in the road in that franchise origins is cool named origins because there's six different origins for your character you can choose, and it changes the story a good bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played through quite a bit of this game. They also did a really cool thing where they released a full PC-style expansion called Awakening that added like another 30 hours to the game. Like one of those huge old-school expansions to a game. You fucked around a little bit with Dragon Age. I with think. that first one, yeah. yeah. Um, for whatever reason, that one didn't didn't go with me at the time. I don't know why, but it's I one just... you it's it's not as immediate. It doesn't hook you as immediately as like Mass Effect does. Mm-hmm. It starts slow for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, it was okay to me, but I mean, I've heard enough people tell me, and I didn't play enough of it to to really pass judgment. But I've heard enough people say that they really like that that game and the follow is the follow-up the well thought of one or is it the the one afterwards yeah that's okay i knew it was one of them <laughs> then in january of 2010 they released my probably my second favorite video game of all time mass effect 2 it's fucking masterpiece 
it's one of the best video games created. Maybe the best video game sequel ever created. The storytelling and, and character building that Mass Effect 2 does is phenomenal. Like, it takes Mass Effect 1 and ramps that shit up to 100. And Mass Effect 1 is awesome. Um, I'm not going to say too much more about it because Steve hasn't played it yet. Um, and fuck, I love Mass Effect 2. <laughs> fuck, I love Mass Effect 2. What and an amazing game. Say that's one of your favorite games. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's like in my top three, probably my number two favorite video game of all time. Um, you know, so in 2007, right before they released Mass Effect, Bioware was bought by EA, right? Um, and, you know, I know it's in style to kind of shit on EA. Uh, deservedly so. In a lot of regards, I think. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of the problems that Bioware would have in the future, there are definitely things that you could point at EA as being the source of those problems, right? But under EA, they released Dragon Age Origins and Mass Effect 2, two very good games. And then in 2011, they released Dragon Age 2. Oof. Dragon <laughs> Age 2 is rough. That was a tough one. Um, the worm had started to turn for them, unfortunately, I think, at this point, even though it was... They still have a, a, a couple quality things coming. coming out. Yeah, yeah. Dragon Age 2 is is a bummer because the idea of the whole story being set around this big city that's, like, central to the Dragon Age lore is cool, but it's just... There's some... I don't know if it was lack of... I can't imagine it was lack of budget. Maybe it was development time. But there's like reused assets where you'll go into like dungeons and stuff and it looks just like the same last five dungeons you've gone in, just sort of reconfigured slightly. And not in that cool Diablo way, right? <laughs> in a very obvious sort of lazy... It feels lazy even though... What do I know? I can't call somebody lazy. They, they, may, they were working on a game. It is not a bad game. Um, they definitely went for a more action-oriented combat instead of the sort of Baldur's Gate tactical-style combat they did in Dragon Age Origins. It's okay. It's not stellar, but it's okay. Um, but this was the first time they put out a game, you know, in that recent history where I was like, oh, uh-oh. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And then... We get to what, uh, oh, well, I can't leave this behind. They released Star Wars The Old Republic in 2011. The Old Republic MMO. I love that game. All I want to do is play that game. You should do an episode on that one time. I mean, you'll have to uh, obviously carry that on your back, but I mean, I'm sure I could b bounce a couple questions off you. You know what's cool about The Old Republic is it is it is essentially Knights of the Old Republic 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Like, it continues the story of those first two games in a really cool way. Now, it gets super convoluted, and there's tons of Sith and Jedi, but it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the lost finale of Mass Effect. <laughs> Mass Effect 3 in March of 2012, just before my birthday. And... I start playing this game, and I'm saying to myself, this fuck, cool, I love this. 
And then I start seeing people bitching about the end ending online. And I'm like, ooh, that doesn't, hmm, that's concerning. And then I get to the end of it, and it's not that bad. It's all right. But there was a huge backlash for the ending of Mass Effect 3. I'm sure you remember this, right, mm -hmm. Steve? So much so that they said, hold up, we're going to stop working on all the DLC we're working on and make a director's cut of the ending to add more scenes and clarification to the ending of Mass Effect 3. And I, it's, it, I, I'm not joking, it's a very similar feeling I had to the next day after the Lost finale came out and being like, I'm going to go read what people thought about that <laughs> online and being like, no, I'm not. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, um, and, you know, I saw people pushing back against Dragon Age 2. If the writing and the story of Dragon Age 2 wasn't as good as it was, then I think it would have gotten more shit. This was the first time I remember Bioware getting a lot of shit. And I remember there was this corny, and listen, dude, if you listen to the podcast by some chance, sorry, but you're corny. There was some dude that put out like a 40-tweet thread of how he would have ended Mass Effect 3. And my roommate at the time, a.k.a. the worst roommate in, in all of history of humankind, burst into my room and was like, you have to read this. This is way better of an ending for Mass Effect 3. And I was like, dude, get out of my room. I'm in my underpants. <laughs> and no it's not it's corny oh, um, so after mass effect 3 there's some bumps in the road right they had a warhammer online wrath of heroes that they were working on it was like a moba set in the warhammer universe it got canceled um they had a com command and conquer generals 2 mm. that they were working on that got canceled um and then in November of 2014, they released Dragon Age Inquisition, which is essentially Dragon Age 3. Um, it comes out, you know, it's their first one of their games on that current gen of consoles, you know, the previous mm -hmm. generation mm -hmm. now. This game is criminally underrated. This is a really good game. In fact, you, this is the first of the Bioware games where they're being forced to use the Frostbite engine. I kind of alluded to this earlier. At a certain point, EA told all their internal developers, we're moving everything to the Frostbite engine. The Frostbite engine is what the Battlefield games mm -hmm. are made in. And, and it's like, an impressive engine for that. Yeah, but it, it, it does not work for everything. You right. know, they moved FIFA and shit over to that. Mm -hmm. Everything yep. became Frostbite engine. Dragon Age, in my opinion, Dragon Age Inquisition is really the only really good one that came out of that period of time. Um, of making all their studios use Frostbite. It's like a really good game. The stories are really good. Um, there's a character called the Iron Bull that is awesome. Um, and a lot of the DLC was really good. I, it is. It will go down, I think, as an underrated RPG in RPG history. Um, unfortunately, maybe the last really good Bioware game, mm -hmm. which was almost nine years ago. Um, because after that, on my birthday, March 21st, 2017, oh no, they release Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> He's smiling, ladies and gentlemen, smiling sardonically. 
Once again, I'm not going to go into it much because me and Steve are going to play this as part of our <laughs> Mass Effect playthrough to get ready for the new game. And maybe I'll find going back to it, I'll like it more, but it wasn't an immediate disappointment. Do you know what I mean? Like when you play a game and you immediately go, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed. It was a slow, painful disappointment. We're about 20 hours in. I was going, there's something missing here. <laughs> Something's up. You're 20... describing sex with me to a T. Oh, my goodness. Well, apparently with me, too. It takes about 10 years for someone to get fucking sick of that. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it. there are great parts of Mass Effect Andromeda. It's beautiful. It's an amazing-looking game. Um, it's just missing some of the stuff that made Mass Effect special to me. Something we'll get mm -hmm. into in the future, I'm sure. <clears throat> um, what followed that? Well, I'm waiting for the Titanic. Well, it's coming. <laughs> Choo-choo, it's coming. Um, by the way, Mass Effect Andromeda also immediately became a meme with people making fun of the, the facial animations. So you know that's a good time. <laughs> you know you're in for an easy ride when you immediately become a meme and not in a good way. Right. Um, this isn't Spoonie Bard territory. Meme. Right, no. <laughs> then in, we're not laughing with you. They're laughing at you. So I shake it off. I said, you know what? The next one will be fine. There's got every franchise has to have a stumble. Um, and then they start talking about, all right, well, we're going to get in this live service game. Fuck. All right. We see what you're doing over there, Destiny. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, have you guys ever wanted to be Iron Man? I said, yeah. All right. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> well, we got the game for you. It's called Anthem, and it comes out February 22nd, 2019. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't have to say much about Anthem. Other than, guess who went to the midnight launch and was fucking jacked up on energy drinks and real high on Anthem for about three days? <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry, man. That one's tough. It is tough. And they even, they were about, buddy, they saw, they looked, they peeked, they said, yoo we see you, Final Fantasy fourteen, and then Final Fantasy fourteen, A Realm Reborn. We can do that. We're going to completely redo the game. And I said, I got faith in you guys. I saw how that word from Final Fantasy fourteen and No Man's Sky, you guys can do it. You're Bioware. Six months later, they were like, eh, <laughs> we're not going to do that. And then they tried to smooth it over with me, and it worked because they were like, "We'd rather just, <laughs> we'd rather just put all our energy into the next Dragon Age and Mass Effect games." So I say, "Cool, do that then, please, please, and thank you." You know what I haven't played totally yet? Totally redeem yourself. <laughs> you know what I haven't played yet? That next Dragon Age or fucking Mass Effect game because they're not out. Um. Now they did release the Mass Effect Legendary Edition in May of 2021. It's great, but it's just gussied up versions of the three games i love you yeah know? they're remasters not yeah. remakes you know yeah. um now that is the most recent bioware release they have two more that are announced one of which was announced in 28 2018 <laughs> and that's dragon age dreadwolf the next Oof. dragon age which hasn't had a great development cycle it got canceled and restarted once and the second time it got, when it got restarted, they were like, let's make this a live service game. And then oh Anthem God. came out and they said, skirt, <laughs> let's take all that out. And apparently that has not gone smooth. I hope the final product is good. 
It sounds like it's in Redfall territory, to be honest. Oh, Steve! You might want to hope that one gets canceled. No, no. Please pull it out, guys. Please, 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 please. I don't know, man. I'd rather, like, after Redfall, I I would just rather have studios just bet, look, we we overshot what we thought we could do. We're moving on. Yeah, but it's Dragon Age. They can do (laughs) another. The last one was really good. Right, mm-hmm. I think they can do it. I think they can right. make the next Dragon Age good. They can pull the nose up on that. I gotta plane. have faith, man. It's Bioware. Um, and then they also have a new effect, a Mass Effect game, which was announced in 2020. Now that's only three years ago, but that Dragon Age game has to come out first. <laughs> when is that Mass Effect game coming out? Is that gonna be PlayStation Six, <laughs> Xbox? Series Z? I don't know. Are we going to see Gear 6 first or the next Mass Effect? Ooh, probably Gear 6. Mm-hmm. That's got to be coming soon. Mm-hmm. The, that announcement. Guys, just make the next Dragon Age and Mass Effect good. All right. I'm tired of people dunking on y'all. All right. You had two big stinkers, right? You, you went in the bathroom, you laid a stinky Mass Effect Andromeda dump, and you didn't flush. <laughs> And then 20 minutes later, you said, I got to poop again. And then you just went and put an anthem dump on top of the original dump. Come on, guys. You Here's what this. you do. Here's what you do. You hire. You go on Netflix. The, <laughs> you hire half, the, half this crew of Sucker Punch's Ghost of Tsushima. You hire half the crew from Sleeping Dogs. You do a sequel to Jade Empire with that studio. Boom. Problem solved. But this is this is after they're already redeemed themselves with the next Dragon Age of Mass Effect, Steve. Oh, okay. Mass so this, Effect, Steve. This is my rise from the ashes. Yeah, yeah. Then that's three games back to back: Dragon yep. Age, Dead Wolf, Mass Effect Five, and Jade Empire. They won't call it two because it's been mm-hmm. so long. It'll have a cool subtitle: Jade Empire, uh, Phoenix the from Great the Great Wall. Yeah, or some <laughs> shit, bro. And then boom, we're off to the races. Bioware's back in the game, baby. Yep. Hire us. We're available. Yeah, please hire me. Ideas. Bioware, please hire me. Please. Please hire me. Because day one, I'm going into that boardroom and I'm shuffling some papers. All right, guys. <clears throat> so I know I'm the new face of the company. Um, He's I already just called to... a meeting. Yeah. No. I, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and listen, I know I just hit y'all up on the internal Slack channel. This is a bit of a, uh, a meeting. And we're doing this, uh, you know virtually because i agree you know why what you know work from home is awesome i I think you guys are just productive enough i'm not here to ruin your life all right i'm a big mass effect guy right i defended mass effect 3 i know you know you might find that hard to believe but yes that's me also i like the star wars prequels in the finale of lost all right slapping digital cheeks all right we gotta get back to the basics <laughs> oh man oh god uh, your first homework assignment would be to make everybody watch evangelion in the proper uh, order uh-huh. and i'd We're... be like get miranda's voice actress on the phone <laughs> and get her hired all right i don't care if it takes place 500 years after mass effect 3 get her on the phone it's sci-fi <laughs> we'll figure it out <laughs> digital cheeks meeting adjourned (laughs) 
God. And then guess who's going up on stage? And they got to build a ramp for me to get up there <laughs> with Jeff Keeley talking about. And we're happy to announce game of the year, Mass Effect 5. And there's me going, yeah, you hear my wheels squeaking. It's me and the voice actress for Miranda. And she's looking at me real weird. And I'm like, hey, guys, I just want to thank Digital Cheeks. And then this guy who nobody knows why he's on stage comes up and talks about, you know, Bill Clinton being his rabbi or whatever. <laughs> Miyazaki-san is just transfixed by your feet. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm, I, buddy, from, from the stage, I'm unleashing the weird foot for him. Taking my fancy shoe off, my penny loafer, my dress sock, and I'm just showing it to him and winking. Oh, man. You if can, I had... If I had money, I really would pay for you to do the, the skit where you, you mocaps your foot. Uh-huh. <laughs> for an enemy in Elden Ring 2. I want your phone, the shot of your foot, where like a weird sock with all that mocap shit. Yeah, with all the dots on it. Yeah. Just dangling. It's so funny. Such a funny image <sighs> to me. All right, guys. So listen, that's going to be it. That was fun. What's up? Bioware, pretty prolific, man. Pretty prolific. Prolific. I think they can pull themselves themselves out of that nosedive. I hope they do. Um, nosedive might even be a little harsh. They had two really bad games, right? I mean, look, it's. I think it's fair to say to me that the company isn't what it was. No, a while and a lot of people, you know, have left in that time. But I think I think they can do it. I think they can do it. Oh, I'd God. love to see them do it. Me too. I mean, Steve. And the, the the industry is better when. These software companies are putting out good games. That's they that's are. what they've got to do. They need to look at the quality of games that's been coming out in 2023, minus Gollum and Redfall, and be like, that's all. That's what we do. Games like that, good, good games. Look at look at Baldur's Gate three that's coming out. That game's going to review incredibly well. Yeah, and it's I don't know if it's going to sell. <laughs> you can fuck a bear. <laughs> yeah, you can fuck a bear. Apparently, yeah. But, uh, I'm not yeah. gonna. No, I'm not either. That's not my thing. But hey, if you that's you your thing, you bear. Do good that. on you, bro. Go do your thing. Don't go visit to... Sean Hoffman. Get your <laughs> dick ripped off and thrown into the tall grasses. So listen, send us an email. <laughs> Is he Lorena Bobbitt? Let's go. <laughs> no, because he's got bears that live outside oh, his house. Okay. A bear okay. would rip off his dick and toss it into the <laughs> tall grasses. Not Sean Hoffman. <laughs> John Hoffman would just be like, oh, no, let me take a video. <laughs> Come play board games. Come play some. Hey, sorry you lost your dick. Want to play some dick it to ride? Some dick it to ride. Dick it to ride? <laughs> uh, send us an email at highpotionpod at gmail.com. What do you think of Bioware? What studios do you want to see us cover? I mean, we've, I, we've got a long list of ones we're going to do. Um, it's an easy enough topic. Um, follow Steve on Twitter at Stone Cobra. Follow me at Blue Harvest Pod. Follow the podcast at High Potion Pod. Leave us a review for Christ. And uh, oh, Rob's playing Dead Cell. And uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Bye, guys. Hey!